Okay, so good afternoon, Jessica. We've got five questions uh, to kind of go through and discuss. Um, and I think the first one is all about what we've just been talking about before we started this podcast, which is turning up for shows or not turning up for shows. Um, do you think that technology has replaced or challenged the real event? Do we still want to be sitting in a room just watching clothes walking up and down or do we like the big event or, or what? I think certain people like to sit in a room and, uh, and see it, <laughs> the, the real event. Um, I think we all know that in fashion there is a sense of hierarchy um, and actually it is a very sort of industry centric thing. Um, so I think whilst there of course is an argument to sort of say do we need this? And for various reasons, be they if you're talking about climate or whatever, or exclusivity or inclusivity, I think you will always have that kind of echelon of people, sort of the old guard who, who want their front row seat and they want to be there. And that means a lot to them. Um, and I think there is also um, an element of, you know, perfumes are made to sort of uh, really introduce you at a to a brand and in many ways fashion shows you know if you don't have that kind of Instagram uh, picture or the YouTube version of it or some kind of online footprint like did it ever actually exist <clears throat> and you know once upon a time yes you could just have that red dress in um, you know the Vogue supplement like trend supplement and that that's all you'd see of, of the collection um, but that was kind of fine, but that's not really the way fashion is now. People do want to see everything. They can see everything. Um, so I think there's definitely like an industry group that uh, it's very important for them. Um, I think, though, the last year has been tremendously interesting and I do think exciting because I think a door has been opened that you can't close. Um, mm -hmm. In the same way that, you know, we kind of what we fought against emails, we fought against, you know, uh, e-tail, like all these things eventually persevere um, and they find their place in the landscape. So I think, you know, I, I, it's one of those things, it's almost like you can't predict because you just kind of have to see where it goes because we won't have any control over it. It will just take us in the same way that social media sort of grew to be this sort of giant that really dictates to us now rather than us trying to dictate to it. So um, yeah, I, I think there is still a place for the catwalk, of course, even just from like a fundamental point of view of, as I say, you need those assets because it's all about content. Um, but I do think we're now looking at uh, other interesting ways to, to present that or um, infiltrate that. Um, and, you know, fashion film is something that what, like 20 years ago was really kind of like a, a buzzy topic and it never ever took off because it felt like quite a passive experience mm -hmm. and it was too sort of avant-garde and it just it didn't make it just didn't make sense um whereas i think the interesting thing is now that the technology element has almost just put that to the forefront it's not necessarily that you are you know because if you looked at a lot of the digital activations they would they were just films you know plonked online that's not actually that innovative um but it's interesting that for me i felt like that became maybe one of the bigger uh outputs from from this last year um but then of course you know we've seen some really interesting movement from 
um, you know, purely digital fashion brands, which I think is really um, democratizing for young designers who obviously don't have tons of money and can't afford mm. the overheads that come with, um, you know, starting up a label. And of course, lots of people do live their lives super online. Um, so it would make sense that you would have fashion for that also. Um, I think it's really interesting to see in the last year how, you know, um, it's really picked up because uh, I have I've written various stories about this and you're sort of in touch with the the different brands like DressX or Fabricant and when they started it was just drips and drabs and now they're sort of everywhere mm -hmm. but you know um, there's this big NFT uh, boom and people are saying is it a bubble so it's really it's I I think it's a really interesting space um, and as I say that I, I, I definitely feel and maybe it's my age as well I can feel the sort of different camps now and I can see like, yeah. you know, the, the balloon going that I can't hold the bottom of anymore. Like there's definitely different things happening, which, you know, I think that's, that's bound to happen. So um, I think, I don't know, I think, I think you shouldn't really be anti one thing or the other, because obviously that's, mm. what, you know, fashion is about change and evolution. Um, but yeah, I think probably, Lots of people, though, are having existential crises about um, the role of the catwalk. But I think, as I say, from like a, a fundamental point of view, if it creates the content, which is really what anyone is consuming, even if they can't afford the clothes, then probably it does still still have a place. But critics, don't know, because do we need those? Don't know. That's a bit another question. <laughs> I think what's very interesting when you talk about fashion film is I remember so much fashion film was given to photographers as well, not to filmmakers. And I think what we've learned is that actually fashion photography is still a completely different art and that fashion film can be worked in different ways. And the other thing that I'd go back to, I think for small brands, the idea of spending literally the whole of a year's budget on a live show with no guarantee that you're going to get the front row people that you want, that you're going to get the coverage you expect. Whereas with a film, once it's been released, it's there for that season. Um, I think it's, it has become really, really important. I, I have to say, I think, you know, I would agree entirely with you that we're watching at the moment as much as responding. Yes. It's kind of like running in front of us and we're just picking up a lot of the clues. Yeah. Which leads me into my second question. Will the fashion global structure return to 2019? So will we go back to exactly where we were at some point? Well, <laughs> um, well, okay, so one thing to say is I think uh, this is like a generational thing for sure. Mm -hmm. um, as I say, I'm getting older. I, I can I can feel the way things are changing, the see the way they're changing, um, and I think, you know, it's it's really contextual because like for some people, that idea of like going back to something has never actually existed anyway. So, mm. and again, that, that that caters to a very industry specific thing. And you know, I, I think the people that really kicked off the most during um, the first sort of lockdowns were those kind of fashion directors that were used to their front row seats and suddenly they were having to watch stuff on Zoom and films and they really complained a lot and they were like oh a film can't do anything without you know taking into account the very good point that you just made that actually this film now exists for ages and can you know really uh, say something. Um, so 
I don't know, we've gone through so much change though as well, because we have, you know, in parallel, you know, you've got the, the technology thing, people are so very much more now concerned about sort of um, production, transparency, uh, environmental, you know, mm, yeah. what something stands for, like it's kind of gone beyond, the, you know, it's not <coughs> even so that's a nice jumper anymore because people kind of come at it with like, but what else? Mm. Um, so I don't know, it's weird. Cause then on the other hand, I do feel like if, you know, I could totally imagine going to Fashion Week in a couple of weeks, going into a show venue, sitting down and being like, oh, nothing happened over the last two weeks. <laughs> for some weird reason. Um, I don't know, because fashion, as much as it is innovative and everything um, and creative and blah, 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 and forward thinking and change making, da, 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 it's terribly old fashioned. And it really does like to sort of look backwards as opposed to look forward. So I don't know. Again, I, I really think it comes down to sort of that generational thing. There's going to be people that definitely want it to go back to the way it was. Um, be that just because they want to block the last two years out of their minds or whatever. Um, but I'm not sure, I'm, I, I think, as I say, that door has been opened, you can't close it. You definitely have to yeah. acknowledge some of the things that have happened and incorporate them. Otherwise you're just gonna be left behind. Because as I say, there is a generation that doesn't know about this sort of uh, way of, of, of shows, um, you know, in perhaps the same way that, um, you know, there were people that didn't realize fashion shows took place before because they would just see it in the pages, but you, you know, it was so behind doors. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it can, I don't know. I'm a kind of half and half. I think in one, in some ways it will slip back into it, but I kind of don't think it necessarily should. I think there are things that it can absolutely take with it, um, and, and use to enhance it. I think there are two things that you've mentioned that I would go back to. I think firstly, the thing about our awareness about travel and our carbon footprint of spending weeks and weeks and weeks every year hurtling around the world, yep. sit there and see clothes that we don't necessarily need to. Mm -hmm. I think that also when you look at um, the runway, mm -hmm. if you look at a line, you'll see menswear pre-fall, mm -hmm. you'll see women's wear you know, spring, summer 21, you'll see somebody else showing next winter. And the idea that we're all going to go back to the old formula where people have discovered that actually commercially, not for the press and not for all those, you know, people, but commercially, that actually it works better for them to show when it suits the brand and the designer. Yes. I don't think we can, we can slip back into the neatness and the tightness because so far caring have shown no desire to return to the fashion circus and the fashion weeks yeah. so that all their people are continuing to show when it suits them like the silly menswear when what was it in august and i was like well when did that come into being nobody told me Celine menswear was suddenly going to pop up yeah. and i think it's rather good in one way and confusing in another. I agree with that. I also think it's a power struggle, isn't it? You circle your yes. by being like, well, we're just going to do it whenever, which, but I do agree. It's terribly confusing them because from a, as a, as a shopper, then you kind of need to keep, you know, keep track of how, it, whichever brands it is. Yeah. And, really, and I don't know, like how many people are dedicated to doing that? Maybe quite a lot are, I don't know. But yeah, it is odd how, you know, like essentially Fashion Week is a trade show. Like when you have yeah. trade shows, the whole point is this is an organized, you know, um, 
showcase so that people that work in that industry can come along, they can find the information they need, they can report on it, they can get the stuff that sets them up for, you know, however long until the next one. But I've always found it funny with, you know, Fashion Week, because obviously, fundamentally, it's a trade show, but then of course, it's it's not and it's become absolutely not because it's so now open for everyone. But so I think I think that element often sometimes as much as I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, show whenever you're kind of like, yeah, but that doesn't really make tons of sense from a, an organized point of view. But um, yeah, but no, I, I agree with you for sure. I think the thing that, that's very interesting is that particularly through spending a lot of time looking at, at various people on Facebook, Instagram, etc. during the last year or so, it's clear that fashion obsessives will worry what time something is going to be delivered. That mm. if the Rick Owens shoes are going to be delivered at nine o'clock on Tuesday, they know. But it yep. doesn't apply to the whole fashion world. Yep. And I think that again is that kind of, what we're looking at is the rules are broken down, but we're sitting back waiting to see what the new rules will be almost. Which is and funny because even like, you know, everyone was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen in, you know, the, the 2020s? Is it going to be the roaring 20s? I don't think we have an idea of what the fashion of the decade is yet. We're still waiting for that. You know, yeah. you, can, you can look back on the last 20 years and you can categorically see where at the dawn of the millennium, you went from uh, sort of that sort of minimalism where it was very like silver and lilac and like, you know, three trouser legs then into like bohemian that boho sienna miller stuff then there was very much those kind of ridiculous bowman shoulders and those like hideous like um platforms the the very ugly ones not bowman but just in general um and then you know you moved into sort of 2015-16 and you got the sort of demnar vetmont kind of normcore real clothes but everything was disheveled and then everyone did that and and you know i definitely have for the last year still been waiting for like what's what's yeah. like yeah. there is a definitive style um, I don't think. Uh, so yeah. Well, my my thing is that I think exactly what you're saying. But my thing is that that it's this swinging pendulum between it's going to be conservative, it's going to be based on real clothes, it's product, mm -hmm. it's a jacket, it's a pleated skirt, it's a pair of trousers, it's it's whatever it is. And on the other side. It's like, oh, we're coming out of COVID-19. So it's going to be a ball gown to go to Waitrose in. No. And it's those two yeah. parallels of where, you know, I already know that some of the issues that are coming out for the autumn, the editors and people have done real exuberance, real experimentation. I'm not sure everybody's ready for I this, this non-stop party. And, but but more's the point, I think, you know, that the practicality element that we've experienced this last year, you know, um, I, I as, you, as you well know, I'm always wearing platforms, but, you know, if I went out during lockdown wearing platforms, it didn't really look like I was doing my daily exercise. So I made sure <laughs> shoes that conveyed, I'm doing some exercise or I'm doing, <laughs> you know, I was worried I'd be stopped. So like, and maybe I've just become mental, but there was that element of sort of practicality where I started to, to take that on board and and because i still as life resumes and i'm trying to beetle around and do everything i definitely yeah i don't know i'm not i'm not sure that i'm ready for that exuberance i'm enjoying what i'm wearing and the things i'm wearing and i i, I don't think they're boring but they're not feathers they're not sequins they're not you know this exuberance yeah i'm not personally quite there yet i don't think right so my next question mm -hmm. is really a sort of a fast one do we want more knowledge, facts, and in-depth information regarding fashion? 
I get the feeling that because people have had more time in the last year to read stuff and look at stuff, I get the feeling that press releases, have, I keep talking about facts, not fluff is my kind of thing. And I do, would you agree with that? That we want, we want to know more about our clothes. We don't just want, it's been inspired by old Venice and some feathers I found in a vintage shop, that we want to know more about the product. I think we do and we don't. I think for some people that's tremendously important and for others they just want to know, you know, they, they don't really care. Um, I do think from sort of, I guess my standpoint as um, writing, if I get sent a press release that doesn't actually have like the actual nuts and bolts in it, that's really frustrating. Yeah. Like, like I, I need, I don't want them to sort of swallow a thesaurus and then sort of vomit it back up in, you know, a different order. I, I want to know, you know, when is this available and who is the original, like, which is the company? If there are 10 companies involved, which one are we talking about? Um, I find I find that like annoying. Um, and I think it's quite interesting because it really does make you think more about the communicative element and how important that is in language. Um, I think... I think a massive problem is that people like to sort of just, they regurgitate something they've heard and then they recirculate it and nobody then goes back to the source and there's no kind of, uh, you know, facts or in-depth research originally. It's just like people just love to perpetuate stuff mm. they don't know anything about. And I think, um, I think obviously that's a social media thing. Um, and I think that is a, is a, is a problem. Um, and that there should definitely in that instance be more sort of research you know balance point of views facts um not fluff um but yeah i i i've got to admit sometimes when i went back to age it shows and i asked people what's this inspired by i felt a bit stupid because you're like does 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 the like the audience doesn't care like it makes no. like a nice opening in a paragraph but again like i kind of became really bored by writing it's inspired by butterflies or a holiday yeah. like yeah. It, it, it seemed strange but then in the same breath I say that but then if I come back to write a piece and I'm looking at a collection and if that information isn't there I'm like why isn't that there because in, essentially that is a factual element that you like for posterity reasons yeah. back and go that was inspired by butterflies why was it oh because you know we were in an optimistic time in in, in life so it's odd how that fluff can later actually become you know, in time, quite a useful fact. Um, but yes, I, I would say more facts, less fluff. So what is becoming clear is that we sort of want both. Mm -hmm. We want exuberant and we want classic. We want information, but we also want to be inspired. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of classic elements within fashion in lots of ways mm -hmm. that have always underpinned the business. But do you think after all this time, and it leads into my, my next question is, do you think all the same roles and the same things, like influencers or the same kind of stylists, the same people, do you think that if we start to go back to shows in the coming weeks, we're gonna see exactly the same audiences, the same street photographers, the same street fashion? Because I know that many of the street photographers who've had no work and no catwalk photography have all found other jobs in the last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see all of that. And from some of the fashion weeks that I've seen coverage um, from, I think, what, like Copenhagen and stuff, that seems yeah. 
it seems like nothing happened like you know the last yeah. year and a half it didn't happen it's just yeah. like oh which is weird because I feel like you know something has happened and it should have moved on it seems strange um I think it probably comes down to um, an element of the brand and what kind of their strategy is. If they are someone that, you know, requires those influences, then yes, you're probably going to see them. If they are not, or they've decided to do like a TikTok video or something else instead, then you might not. Um, again, it's one of, I mean, no one foresaw, you know, the rise of, of, of the influencer. Um, no one foresaw bloggers. Um, so there's something else for sure. Again, we just don't know what it is. Like, this is the thing with, we, we, we cannot create these things. We don't actually dictate them much though. We like to think we do. This is just gonna happen. And then we're gonna have to mm. run and run after it. And, and um, I mean, I think the thing is with fashion, there always, there are those extras. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, has everyone now moved to, to TikTok? Is like Instagram not the thing? Uh, there'll be something else. Um, and all these people that haven't shown yet, what have they got up their sleeve that maybe is the new thing? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, as I say, I think, I think we can't answer that. <laughs> I think we're waiting still. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting about having this discussion, which I'm going to bring to a close because we're on our time limit. <laughs> but we can talk again. We'll set something up, I think, to continue. But I think that you know, the idea of trends and the idea of predicting, which used to be the lifeblood of the fashion business, mm -hmm. has broken down hugely in that not only did no one predict 18 months to two years of COVID, but nobody quite knows what we're going to do as we come out of it. And certainly with the world situation, with things that are happening, yeah. that is going to have effect on fashion. It always does. But I think, you know, thank you very, very much indeed for answering the questions and for sharing your views with us. <laughs> I very much want to book you in. So we'll do another one and continue with some more questions. Yeah. And uh, thank you very much indeed. Take care. Bye. <laughs>